Gentlemen, let's broaden our minds. Lawrence. Once more, we've gathered around a campfire to discuss films and film knowledge. Josh, Cody, how are you? Have you given your blood oath yet? Is this um, the beginning of an Are You Afraid of the Dark sketch? Because it sounds like it. <laughs> I never watched that show. I don't know. People talk about it. Feel... This was better, but I didn't watch either of them. Let's get serious. I've got straight up FOMO for Are You Afraid of the Dark. It's... I guess it would be past tense. Fear of missed out. I don't know. Josh, are you afraid of the dark thoughts? Uh, no. Maybe. No? Yes. No? Okay. I don't know. I think I we'll think see. that passes by. I, we were okay. born in the wrong. I was born in the wrong generation. Yeah, that was <laughs> the early nineties. I know these goosebumps. A lot of them were shot. Were shot before we were. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I never really get into goosebumps either. They were, they were pretty cool back in the day. I, I The covers are the best part. The bugs, I, I, have a lot of, but I have a lot of friends who like them. The so. arts. You friends? What? No, <laughs> no. I'm lying, actually. Weirdo. Some nerd alert. Somebody has friends. Um, <laughs> so, today is a fun day. It is summer. And one of the cool things about summer, I think, is that sometimes these little tiny, eensy-beensy, little tiny baby movies come out. And... They have a tendency to knock my socks off, and tonight might be one of those nights, you guys. Uh, we are talking, of course, about David Lowry's A Ghost Story, and I'm very excited to do that. But before we do, something we haven't done in a while is we haven't partaken in one of my favorite games, and that is movie trivia. Josh, would you like to go first? Okay. You have the choice of two categories, category one or category two. Is for an option. Let me check with our researcher. Hey, Tim. Hey, Tim. Tim. Tim, can we do four, Tim? We can't do four. Can Tim join us? No, he's the intern. He doesn't get to speak. He just gave me the thumbs up or the thumbs down. I guess I'll settle for two then. Okay. Hey, Tim, can you give me the questions for two? Yeah. No, in English. He's got to translate them. Hold on. Okay, thank, thanks, Tim. Thanks, Tim. Nice ass. Okay, so, question number one for you, Josh. Hey, hold on, hold on. I'm really curious about Tim now. Just just don't worry about where's Tim. Where's he from? You don't want to know where Tim's from. Please hire someone named Tim so that we have a Tim next time. No. We don't, we don't talk about Tim. We don't talk about Tim. He's, I'll tell you this. He's from the Midwest. That's that's all I can legally say about him. Comanche. He's exactly. He's a Comanche. So Josh, what did you pick again? Did you pick one or two? <laughs> Fish. No, I picked two. Okay, you picked two. Question number one, Josh. What are the three things you cannot do with a Mogwai? Oh, okay. From the 1984 um, classic Gremlins, and if anybody says it's not a classic, I will fight them to the death because I freaking. Who love would that say movie. it's not a classic? That's a classic. I um, saw a, I saw a three star letterbox review of Gremlins today, and I got yeah. Shook. Well, Blade Runner is a classic, but I give that like one. So wow, why do you hate that? We get, we're doing a throwback or like a, a, a we're doing a Blade Runner episode because we need I'm to not, talk about this. I am not rewatching that thing. Uh, maybe I will. I don't know. It's good. Um, so what? Okay, are the so three what are things the you can't things? do with a Mogwai? Okay. Don't feed them after midnight. Okay. Don't get them wet. Yep. And there's, what's the third one? Um. Five, four. Ah, uh, shit. Three, two. Uh. I give up. I don't remember. The last one is no sunlight. Damn it. By the way, this your category, the category you chose was horror, by the way. Oh, well. So these are all horror movies. So you whiffed on that one, my man. So that's too bad. Question number two. What year did the July 4th ball take place in, in The Shining? Wow. Um, 19... I want to say 1921. 
but I feel like that's wrong. Okay. It might be earlier. I'll give you a five count. So five, four, three. <sighs> All right. I'm going to go with the answer. Yeah, 1921. You are correct. Yes. Yes. Hold it. So you have, to, you have half a point. As you know, you can go double or nothing with this final question. Again, this is the category of horror. What is your decision? Um, duh. Oh, yeah, do double or nothing. All right, here we go. Tim, can we doing? get the double oh, or nothing God. music? Hey, Tim. He's, he's, his feedback is stuck. Oh, well. Um, <laughs> in John Carpenter's The Thing, how old does Norris think The Thing is? And just so you know, I pre-wrote these categories with tailoring them specific to you or Cody, and you picked the one that was tailored specific to you. So good job, Josh. So I'll repeat the question, give you a couple more seconds. In The Thing, John Carpenter's The Thing, how old does Norris think The Thing is? trying to think five four three two one final answer um like 200 your final uh, answer is 200 years old yeah sure You're i haven't seen the thing in a while not a real fan first of all and you are also incorrect he, he says that it's 100,000 years old. So I was only slightly off. You are fake news. Cody, we're left with the category of horror films. <laughs> what? what? They're both horror? What? All right. Uh, Question number uh, one. Question number one. How many stripes are on Freddy Krueger's sweater? Are you kidding me with that question? No. 20. I have no idea. <laughs> I gave you one of these questions before. You kind of just picked a random number and you got it. So I, 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 I'm saying I, 20. I have no idea. He has nine stripes on his sweater. I'm going to tell you that is the dumbest question that you've ever asked me. I'm, come on. That's a good question. Not a good question for someone who's never seen the fucking movie. You've seen Freddy, though. Have you seen Freddy vs. Jason? Yeah, I don't count this. Okay, next question. No I'm going to get mad at you. Let's keep going. <laughs> oh, it's so salty today. Um, salty because that's the bullshit question you know it question number two which of these beasts was not seen or hinted at to my knowledge let me just preface that in the cabin in the woods a sexy witch b giant snake c zombie bear or d angry molesting tree <laughs> i know that i know it so which one of these which seen. of these beasts was not seen or hinted at in the cabin in the woods Classic Drew uh, Gordon? What's his name? Pierce? Drew something? I don't know. Drew Goddard. There we go. Let's say zombie bear. You are correct. There we go. That was a process of elimination because I'm nowhere near smart enough to come up with angry molesting tree. But zombie, did those, let me ask you, did that fit? Did zombie bear fit at all? Or did they, it, was that just a guess? Yeah, yeah, I mean, everything's kind of. Okay. What do you mean, did oh. it fit? Like, did that. Did that live in the same continuity as a sexy witch, giant snake, or angry molesting tree? Because I tried to I write, I tried to come up with one that sounded like it could be real. I I, I don't know. Okay. I, I don't, I'm, I'm saying yes. I'm, I mean, there's a, there's a unicorn in that movie, so like, there's okay, well, no. A unicorn is just a horse with a horn on it, so that's not that crazy of a thing to be in there. But that's whatever. That's just me. Cody, would you like to go double or nothing? Yes. You would like to go double. Oh, oh boy. Question number three for you, Cody. In pre-production, what was the title of Alien? Um, I, I don't know. Um, Truckers in Space. <laughs> Surprisingly, that's incorrect. Really? The original title of Alien was Star Beast. Okay. All right, Josh. Lay them on me. Bring it. Right. Give me your worst or your best. Right. So, just a heads up. Your your uh, theme, I guess you call it, is ghost movies. 
Close enough to horror. Oh. Good, good so, thinking. Yeah. All right. Okay. Question number one. All right. In the movie Poltergeist. Okay. Which one? 2015, the, I'm assuming. The, 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 the good, good one? one? In 2015? No, stop it. <laughs> Sorry. Guess we're on different sides of the coin on that one. Okay. It's on the right side of history. Oh, God, that movie sucked. Yeah, it's um, really bad. Uh, when Carol Ann's bird, Tweety, died, she buried him in a cigar box. Okay. What other item was in the cigar box? Hmm. So what would you bear with a bird? What are birds affectionate towards? Bird seed's an option. He can have a little snack when he becomes zombie bird. So her, her she buried her bird named Tweety in a cigar box. Yep. Part of me wants to say cigars, but who would waste a cigar, honestly? Um, Keep in mind, Caroline is about six years old. What would a six-year-old bury with a dead bird? I'm going to guess a blanket? Is that your final answer? Sure. You want a five count, or is that it? No, that's it. All right. You are incorrect. Well, that's not surprising. What was it? Uh, licorice. <laughs> What's what? What does that have to? How does well, not being six coincide with licorice? I I don't. I, don't know, uh, I haven't seen the movie in a while. I think it's because the bird she liked to feed the bird licorice. So well, she she's put a bad it with him in the box. Six-year-olds need to stop. That's what. I, that's my. That's what I'm taking away from this. Okay, sure. So creepy kid buries bird with dead bird with candy. So that's what I learned today. All right, second question then. Bring it. All right, question number two. White people, what am I game? right? Jeez. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Adolf. In the movie Beetlejuice. Yes. No, that's more like it. What does what game does Beetlejuice play with Lydia to get her to guess his name? Oh come on. Oh man, what game? I think I know it. I'm going to say Hangman. Really? Shit. I guess that's not it. <laughs> Sorry. I mean. All right. Shoot. What was no it helping. I, yeah, I don't want to fuck up your. Uh, I mean, he helped me, so it's 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 corrupted. I don't know. I just. So it's not Hangman. What else could it be? <sighs> Hangwoman? <laughs> yeah. He did it. He did it. I can't believe he figured it out. <laughs> I have no idea. I couldn't even guess. Just. Yeah, yes. I give up. I, mean, I give, give up. up. I give up. All right. You are incorrect. Yeah. I it know. is not Hangman. <laughs> I mean, can you blame me? The movie is like everybody's dead. Like, Hangman seems right. I don't know. I haven't seen the movie in a while. I should revisit it. So what was the answer? Charades. Charades. Oh. Okay. That makes more sense, come to think of it. Yeah. Oh, well. I thought so, too. Well, I guess I'm ineligible for double or nothing, so you might as well give it to me anyways. All right. By the way, this Going is no through. points for any of us in this entire trivia match, so that's great. It's fantastic. Great, awesome. In the movie, The Sixth Sense, yeah. what language Red... does one of Cole's toys speak? Oh, Cole's toys? I just watched this. I don't remember him having toys. Man. <sighs> Wingdings. <laughs> is it Wingdings? <laughs> what? Wingdings on the computer? Microsoft uh, yeah, Word throwback? I don't know. Oh, my God. No, uh, uh, it's Latin. Okay. Well, Latin's a dead language. That makes sense, though, because Bruce Willis is dead, and he sees dead people. That's, Spoilers! Sorry. That's a, that's actually really smart by M. Night Shyamalan, to give have his toys speak a dead language. Wow. That's clever. Well, that didn't go well for any of us, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah. So, Josh, since you are unable to make it to a ghost story... You have a home recommend recommendation for us, something streaming or something you can get in physical media or something that you can buy in a back alley behind a bowling alley. That, that rhymed. Go me. Uh, what ghost-themed film would you like to recommend for us today? All right. There's a movie. Uh, it's about, I want to say, like 10 years old, 2007 or something. Yeah, that would be um, 10. That would be 10. That would be 10. Um, it's a Tim Burton movie. Oh. Um, Dark Shadows. Animated movie. Oh. And it's called Corpse Bride. Uh. Yeah. You know who um, hates so that movie? Who? O.J. Simpson. 
Of course he does. Thanks, guys. That's great. That was actually, right, so that, in full disclosure, that was Tim's joke. So I just want to cre- give credit where credit's due. All right. Have either of you seen this movie? No. Cody? Uh, I actively avoid Tim Burton. All right. Well, uh, I'm not a huge Tim Burton guy, but every once in a while he actually makes something good. Uh, and by every once in a while, I mean like once every decade. Um, this is easily one of his better movies in a really long time. Um, it's really cool. It's really creepy. It's not at all a kid's movie, even though it kind of looks like one. Um, uh, I don't know if I want to say too much about the plot, but it's basically about um, a guy who accidentally marries a corpse. And then um, – yeah, I guess that's pretty much all I want to say about the plot. He accidentally marries corp and corpse and uh, hijinks ensues, if you will. Um, Multiple hijinks. Cr- oh, wow. <laughs> um, it's, but it's really cool. It's really um, really well done. Um, it's not that long. It's like an hour and 20 minutes. Um, and it's on Netflix. Uh, it might be on Amazon Prime too, but I'm not sure. Um, so it's you know you can watch it easily. Um, definitely recommend it. It's really good. And uh, I'm probably I'm happier I saw that than a ghost story. So you say that, but See go- yeah, ghost stories, it's something. Um, no, that's an interesting choice. I am not as much of a Tim Burton fan as I am a Lavar Burton fan from Reading Rainbow, but I'm I, I've heard he's good. Um, Lavar Burton is in everything. He is. He's kind of all over the place, isn't he? Actually, Josh, before we do move on, since you are, and you and Cody both are big Star Wars people, I just want to give your quick t- quick uh, reaction, a quick take on the hiring of Jack Thorne to write Episode Nine. It's happening. It's a, it is happening. Do you like that it's happening? I won't. I'm not. I don't really have too much until I see Episode Eight. It's like I don't really care that much about Nine. Okay. Or Han Solo. It's like that's I'm, I'm I care about Last Jedi right now. Okay. Interesting. Okay. You did read Cursed Child, right? Yeah, it was it was a book. So I guess it was a play, but play. it was a story, as be appropriate. <laughs> now, Cody, for, worse. since you haven't read it, a cur- Cursed Child is kind of terrible. Really? Yeah, it's like the eighth Harry Potter story, and it's also by far the worst one. Like. Much worse than Prisoner of Azkaban, so... Well, I mean, that's the best, the so I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. So. Garbage. Yeah. The, so, this could prop... I'm, I'm gonna say it now. Episode nine's gonna be bad. I'm just gonna say it. It's gonna be bad. You don't give me that combination of Jack Thorne and Colin Trevorrow and ask me to believe. I just can't do that. I'm just gonna say well, it's bad fair, until I see third, anything the otherwise. The third in these trilogies are usually... Not usually. In uh, the original trilogy, Return of the Jedi is the worst movie. Can we all agree on that? But Revenge yeah, of the Sith still is a... the best of the prequels, so who knows? So I don't know. I'm just saying it's okay. Yeah. I just uh, they could have announced. I mean, the, yeah, if they announced like uh, Erickson, no, not Erickson. Whoever wrote, whoever writes the Transformers movies now, I can't remember his name, but he sucks. Aaron Kruger. Sure. If he, if they announced Aaron Kruger, I'd probably be like, oh wow, this is sucks. Like, there's so there's worse options out there, but as for me, I mean, it's like Harry Potter is like the the best, and he managed to screw that up. So, and that I mean, was I've with heard... and that was with J.K. Rowling's right by his side overseeing things. So I don't know. No. I've heard I've heard good things about his other stuff, so. But what have you done for not? me lately, baby? It's cursed child, fortunately. Cody, do you care? Do you are you focusing one movie at a time, or are you worried? It's whatever, I guess. I mean, I don't know. Just I I don't know this guy. Yeah. <sighs> cursed child's terrible. That's all you need to know. So, all right. So, Cody, we are here today to talk about a ghost story. Not just a ghost story. Ghost the movie, story. A Ghost Story. Pretty simply titled, but I can't think of a better one, so fuck it. Let, let me get your initial thoughts. I don't know how you feel about this one, and I'm curious to see, to hear your reaction to it. So, Cody, initial thoughts on A Ghost Story. Very interesting movie. Um... I had no idea what I was getting myself into when I went and saw it. Yeah. 
but when I got there, I, I enjoyed it. I, I had I didn't have fun. It's not a fun movie, but I enjoyed myself watching it. It was a, it was good. I really I really did like it. Okay. The more I thought about it. So for myself, um, did you see Pete's Dragon last year? No. Okay. Well, I saw that, and I was sort of blown away at how just good it was. Like it wasn't. Like it's just. It's a prototype. Prototype good movie. You know, it's the characters are good. The dialogue is good. The action is good. The story's good. Like the direction. Everything is about the movie is just. It's good. It's as good as it can possibly be. Just about. And. I saw this director. I was like, man, David Lowry. He's never heard of this guy before, but he's pretty cool. And I've so I over the course of that process, I looked up what else he's doing, and I saw that this was randomly announced, and he was doing a tiny little movie with Rooney Mara and Casey Affleck, and I got excited, and I've been I've had this one circled ever since. And my experience with the movie was about I don't know twenty five to thirty minutes in. I was like, wow. This is not good. I don't like this. And I have never seen a movie where I did a complete... Where I went from outright not liking it to doing a complete 180 and saying that this is one of the most fascinating and just intelligent... Actually, I don't want to say... Eh, I, yeah, intelligent and heartbreaking movies I've seen in a very, very long time. Uh... I loved a ghost story. Like, a lot. I loved it a lot. And, look, I'm sort of, even now, even several days later, about a week later, I'm still at a loss for words about this movie and how much I enjoyed it. And I want to talk about it further. So, uh, I guess we need to start out with the obvious. (laughs) Is the pie scene... (laughs) Was the worst thing in the movie? Yeah. Like it's be- it's already been memed, like where people people online tweeting about it or letterboxing or whatever. It's like the, the movie made it a meme. It's like sh- they're just like shut up, shut your fucking mouth. The pie scene is the best. It's peak cinema or whatever. And that's funny. That is s- funny. Though. No, it's funny. It like when I was sitting there, I was just like, uh, uh, like that. That was the point where I was like, wow, this is not good. Ah, I can't, I don't know what people are getting all up in arms about. It's, <laughs> it's not that good. Kind of don't like this now because that first third was that first third was kind of everything I hate about indie movies was in that first third of the quiet like whispering dialogue and the the long takes just to have long takes and the kind of the quirkiness of it you know um, but I mean, not, not that this movie's quirky it's very it's subdued I would I'd say is the better word yeah me, this but. movie is I, I don't want to say it's depressed but. It's not a happy movie. No, no, by no means. Um, honestly, this might be like one of the sadder movies I've. I, I don't like to say movie depressed me. I just think that's I don't know, kind of I don't, a movie's never depressed me. I guess is what I want to say. But this movie did make me feel like melancholy. I guess that's the closest thing I can get to depressed. It's just like wow, kind of makes you like. This is one of those movies where when I walked out of it, I felt. Like, this movie stuck with me. I didn't walk out of it and be like, okay, I now I wonder what Trump did, or I wonder how the Yankees are doing, or, you know, whatever the case may be. I just kind of walked around for a little bit and just sort of took it in because it was just such a different and kind of, like, it was kind of a slap in the face almost, but not in, like, aggression, just kind of like a, like a little wake-me-up, you know, uh, like a pick-me-up or whatever. Um and I didn't wow, expect that after those. Made this movie. What? Like a wow! I can't believe somebody made this movie. Yeah, and I didn't. And you know, I've been I've been kind of down on movies before, and be like, wow, I was pleasantly surprised by that. But I've never had that. I'm down on a movie, and like, wow, that was pleasantly surprised while the movie was going on. Um, usually, it's like towards the third act, and I know you have this in a lot, but like usually towards the third act is where a movie falls apart, and this thing just builds and builds and builds and builds, and it just reaches an apex in the very last shot, and just, it leaves you with the, you know, every every scene is just, is just as good, if not better, than the last, and I just, you don't see those kind of movies very often, because usually it's, you know, scene one, and then it trails off, and you kind of get, get into the rhythm of it, but this one just, the progression was just insane. I loved it. Um, so, 
what did you think about the that first act 30 or so minutes did you like it did it throw you off did you not like it i think it was necessary yeah it didn't bother me like it did for you i mean the, the one thing that I, I know they did on purpose but i don't know why they did it was they left shots lingering yeah for a very long time almost to the point of becoming uncomfortable mm-hmm. and i don't know why i don't that and that's really probably my my biggest criticism for the movie Mm-hmm. But it, I just I don't understand it. See, my my thought was that, um, and I guess we have to go into spoilers right now. I think there's there's no there's really not a way to talk about this movie without kind of giving it giving it away. Um, I think the you know after so the the whole idea of this movie is that Casey Affleck and Rooney Mara live together. They're boyfriend or girl and girlfriend or. Husband and wife. I think boyfriend and girlfriend. Um, and oh, they are? Oh, I, didn't, I didn't notice any rings, but... Okay, I'll take oh, that for I wasn't looking. They're, okay. they're definitely magically involved. It doesn't really matter. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and the whole idea is that he dies in a car accident, and then he comes back as a ghost and is living in the house that they lived in together before he died. And throughout her life, her, her time in that house, and like another family and another family and so on and so forth. We'll get into more of that as it goes on. Um, he kind of haunts this house. And my thought with the, the... So going back to the first act and how things were like drawn out, my thought was that the last two-thirds at times were just so rapid fire of you know moving through time that it was the director's choice to like stretch out that first third so you can feel... Um, so you can feel that second half a little bit better, you know? Because if, if it was that same kind of pace and that same kind of rhythm to it in, throughout the entire movie, I think it might, get, it might lose its impact. But because that first half was so quiet and drawn out and the second half was like... I mean, one of my favorite shots was when he, as the ghost, when he was like turning... He w- looked in run, one room and turned to the other and time had changed. Like they did that a couple of times. And I thought that was so yeah, cool. That was cool. It was and, really good. Yeah, like or even the scene when when Rooney Mara is still living there, and you see him standing there, and you see her leaving for to go out or go to work and then or whatever. It's just, yeah, she does it day after day. It's, I, I liked how they played with time in this movie. Yeah, yeah. So I get using maybe that maybe that was just uh, me looking into it, not the director's intention. Maybe he just wanted to have long drawn out shots to be pretentious or whatever. <laughs> but I that's how I interpreted it. I don't maybe that's wrong. Who knows? But um, but it worked for me. And, um, so I guess I, I think we need to spoil the movie and then kind of come back to more of the details. So he dies and he starts haunting her and then she moves out and a Spanish speaking family comes in with a mother, a daughter and a son. And then he kind of, I, I can't remember what triggers it, but he throws like a tantrum and like smashes a bunch oh, what of plates. Was, um, so on the piano, yeah. and I think that that piano was one of the big parts of the movie. Like, oh yeah. Like one of the, the big uh, things that kept him with the house, I guess. It was kind of like as attached to the house as he was. Mm-hmm. Um, so on the piano where his family portrait used to be, they replaced the picture mm. with their family portrait. And it, I guess that really pissed him off. Right. At least that's what I thought happened. But yeah, and then he goes nuts and does like haunting shit. Yeah, and I also I'm I don't know if I, I it's not really something I can like or dislike, but I found it interesting the times when um, the director chose to show him doing things and then got into the family's perspective because he didn't do it that often of like you know oh like like we know what he's doing but the person can't see it like uh-huh. he didn't go to their perspective too often and I was I didn't. And I'm kind of glad about that because I, I, it is kind of cool to see things from what C is, I guess his name, according to Wikipedia. Um, it was kind of cool to see the things that he saw and not, you know, change perspectives too much. Because I, I think the, the the points which he did choose to show him from a different perspective worked a lot better because it was so, it was so few and it just it did it kind of made it even sadder and made it mo- even more kind of pull your heartstrings when he was when you did see him reacting to these things because you know if you've seen a post you'll know 
all it's not just Casey Affleck walking around, but he's he's under a sheet with the eye holes cut out like a like an old Halloween costume. So it's not there's not much emoting he can do. But I don't know about you, but, but the, I felt he does it. it with his body language and stuff. It's really good. It's like um in Return of the Jedi before mm-hmm. Lucas ruined it yeah. again. <laughs> um, there's that scene where Darth Vader or the um, the Emperor is shocking Luke. Right, and right, right. It's just Vader looking back and forth and back and forth, like, oh my god, what am I supposed to do right now? Mm-hmm. And, and before the... they added in the no from episode three. No. Yeah, that one. No. Yeah. It was just him looking, was he... and you could tell he was conflicted. Yeah. And it was a lot like that whenever Casey Affleck had to do anything under the sheet. Yeah. It was Assuming a lot of. that was in under the sheet. I, I, Casey Affleck seems like the actor who would definitely want to do that. Find it a challenge or whatever. Um, yeah, w- yeah. when he was the ghost, it was a lot about, it was, you know, it, it was like the dropping of the head and, like, the, and sort of the pace in which he moved around. Because, like, I don't remember, there weren't really many scenes where, I don't think any scenes really, where he was kind of moving fast, I guess. Like, he was he was just sort of, like, this really dro- like dopey kind of shuffling the entire time. So it was it really was a lot with how he moved his head and where he moved it. Um, and I just think, assume, like I said, assuming that was him under there, I think he did a great job that, you know, I think he's giving Tom Hardy a run for his money in obscured face acting. But <laughs> I, think, I think that needs to be the next Academy Award is <laughs> best, best obscured actor, face performance. Uh, best actor with no face. Yeah, exactly. It's like Tom Hardy and Dunkirk, Casey Affleck and Ghost Story, and other people. I don't know. Um, Nobody else. Yeah, just those two. They can fight it out. Um, so he lives through the um the spanish family and they, they eventually leaves because he scares them off and then the next scene already seen right that's the the college kids yeah then ne- that next one oh my god off guard. If, if anything depresses you in this movie it's that fucking scene oh no i got that i'm guy i'm i'm a shit certif- i'm a certified nihilist so that's not all that oh, is- so that's just normal shit that's you uh thinking every day yeah like it's that you know that's how I justify doing things just for the hell of it is yeah whatever doesn't matter um but it's just that scene just because this movie was basically a silent film I think yeah I mean it's it's not but it's 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 an inter not an inter it's a Dunkirk kind of movie where other than the monologue that the guy that the overalls guy gives it's very bare bones dialogue there's not a lot is said but what is said is mumbled or in that guy's case just <laughs> it's casey affleck talking yeah yeah, so. yeah. um i love you we'll talk about it later that's my casey affleck so. oh i don't know manchester by the sea was pretty good um what have you i don't know what is better that's do you like my casey affleck i gotta i can't stand him <laughs> sometimes sometimes he's good sometimes no um but that yeah that scene with the college party and how that guy just sort of goes off and this like i said nihilistic just monologue while everybody was sort of standing around like oh god everything he's saying is true was i it was out of the it was just kind of out of nowhere but i think it worked because i think that's what this movie is about if you would they wouldn't have put it in the movie if it didn't serve a purpose oh no no i'm yeah i I know i i definitely i definitely agree but i think that's i think that's David Lowry, the entire movie, he was, I think, someone tells me he was, like, writing the script. He's like, how do I convey all of these feelings and emotions I have about the universe and about our place in it, you know, while also being, you know, an indie movie? And he's like, what if I just have this guy drunk at a party just yapping, you know? And I respect him for that because sometimes I, I am he, that guy at a party. What he did basically was um, he spouted the thesis of the movie. Yeah. And maybe you maybe wrote the movie around this monologue or something like that, but because basically the the whole point of the movie was appreciate what you have while you had it, live life for now, shit, everything's gonna end. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what he was trying to get across. And like Beethoven wrote best music ever made, legacy's there, but what fucking good does it do him? Exactly. Like I've thought about like I I um I'm a big fan of sports and about. Just about every time that a, a significant athlete um, 
retires, people talk a lot about like l- the idea of a legacy. And I just think a legacy is kind of the stupidest thing ever. Uh, and I, like, so like when I was watching, I agree with, because like after, like, that's why I'm never like, some people have like these extravagant plans. Like, Oh, at my funeral, I want you to do this and do that. It's like, I don't really care. Or like, I want to make my work live past me. It's like, I, d- it's, you're not, it, what, you're not going to be able there to appreciate it. So like, what's the point? And you know, there's my nihilist coming out and that's, that's kind of what this guy was saying. It's just, like, you're never, you're, you can, like you said, you can live for now, but don't worry about what comes after because there's just no point in it because there's nothing you can change so yeah it was uh his point about beethoven was yeah even if somebody does remember you uh-huh. you can keep going and going for as long as you want it to eventually the universe is going to end and then well guess what no one's going to remember you but i love when he transitioned like well maybe somebody like when they people revert back to their most um like primitive instincts they they hum a tune and they, they get they've they have a melody in their head and they hum it out loud and then maybe then maybe you'll live on but other than that it's just pointless and i don't know it's <laughs> it's a pretty cool speech i gotta say no it was it was terrifically well acted i mean this, this guy, that guy? <laughs> I, he he looked like um h john benjamin or something or one of those guys i can't remember what his name is he looked, he looked familiar but he didn't sound or he sounded no he did look familiar he just didn't sound it um but man that yeah that's uh he's listed in the credits as prognosticator <laughs> <laughs> so his name is will oldham and he's oh he's a musician better known by the stage name bonnie prince billy he's a singer songwriter hey. and actor from louisville born in louisville kentucky oh so he's in yeah okay that's pretty cool oh he's got a lot of studio albums sweet so he's probably one of David Lauer's old buddies. And uh, speaking of that, uh, this movie was made for one hundred thousand dollars, which basic, which sounds like a lot, but isn't. And it's Say made hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. Oh, that is nothing. Yeah. Uh, and it's made one point one million dollars so far. So that's pretty good. Whatever the times ten is, I don't know what that's called. It's ten quap. Ten quaprold. That's the new word. Did it, everybody? <laughs> Got it. Uh, Kesha was in this movie, apparently. Where? I don't know. It's she's listed as Spirit Girl. Was she the one in the? She the other ghost? Can we talk? The other ghost was. I felt so bad for that ghost. Did you? Did you almost cry at the at the other ghost? What? Uh, it did. It hurt me when the house was collapsed. Was like, yeah, I guess it's not coming, and then just leaves. Oh my god! Yeah, that hurt. Because like the Casey Affleck lives in a house, and it's like right. It's the next door neighbor. There's a ghost there too, and they always kind of just meet up at the window, and they, I don't know how it's they like, communicate, hey, but they just sort of look at each other, and subtitles appear. So I'll roll with it. Um, and uh, that's the the poor thing is like I'm waiting for someone. He's like who, and he's like the other ghost. Like I forgot or something like that. She's like, ah. They're coming. Oh, yeah, I don't think they're coming. That's what they said. Man, that hurt. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, actually the Wikipedia thing says that uh, one of the guests go on a nihilist dissertation about humanity's collective efforts to ensure their legacy on Earth and how no matter how hard our efforts try to pr- try and preserve that legacy are, it will be for naught when the world eventually ends and the universe collapses on itself again. And then, and then it goes right there to it goes from that to the house being bulldozed. Uh, how'd that transition work for you? <laughs> that was the last scene before the house got crushed. Yeah, it worked fine. Yeah. I mean, I guess we should say that um, the the house gets demolished and the other ghost pieces out because they realize whoever's coming for them isn't coming. And then this like utopia. I don't know how they pulled it off with a hundred thousand dollars. Visual, as far as visual effects go, I don't know how they did it, but the house is turned into a skyscraper, and C, the ghost, um, starts hanging around and just wanders about, and then eventually he jumps off, and I was like, oh, okay, I guess the movie's going to end there. That's weird. And, and then it did my favorite thing in the world. I'm so happy that it did this. What, what did it do? I loved this. It said a big old fuck you to time. <laughs> 
and brought him back to the 1800s where he had to watch a family get slaughtered by Native Americans. Yeah, like they built the foundations of the house and like the guy... They're all happy and they're just like, oh, I'm, yeah. this life's going to be hard, but it's going to be good. And then they're and dead. Like, Fuck you. And, and <laughs> like, why are you doing yeah. this? They pound the foundations oh, in, they hang out for a couple days, they sit by a campfire, and then the next thing we see is the little girl with an arrow through her chest slowly decaying. Oh, that was rough. And then his house got built and he had to watch it all over again. Yeah, and I told you and Josh coming into this um, that this movie reminded me reminded me of a movie that Josh hated. And I'm sure you can, you figured out what it was. Which was? I don't really know. Interstellar. Oh, yeah? He was the I ghost. Thought, uh, I was going to text you after I saw the movie. Yeah, yeah. He was the ghost oh, the whole no. time. Because early on in the movie, when, when Casey Affleck's still alive, he and Rooney Mara are in bed. And that's another one of those long, drawn-out scenes I was kind of waiting for a 10. After he came back to bed and they were just making out, I was like, okay. And then they just went to sleep. I was like, okay, well, that's a choice. But um, they were in bed, and it's like they, ho- they heard something fall in the, in the living room. And they go out to check it out, and you know, there's nothing there or whatever. And they go back to bed. And then after he's gone through pilgrim times, he... Uh, C, as a ghost, is the one who knocks it over and um, kind of sees himself while he's alive but also dead. And yeah, it's weird. He watches himself haunt the place again. Yeah, and then he sees himself as a ghost the first time. Oh, so he there's, goes... there's a plot point throughout the movie, or there's a, a conversation early on in the movie mm-hmm. where uh, Rudy Mara's character says, yeah, every house I live in, I, uh, I leave a gnome. Oh, I don't remember that. Friend. Remember that's that was the whole. No, I I got I got the note part. I just figured it was her leaving something for him. I didn't. I how did no I miss no. That? She did that. She said that she did that in every house just in case she ever came back. Huh. I don't remember that. <laughs> but. So basically, um, KCF like sticks around to watch his girlfriend do whatever, and then what does he do after that? Does something. Well, he starts oh. picking at the door, doesn't yeah, he? He starts scratching. Uh, when she finally moves on and leaves the house. She's For the second home. time, by the way. What? So, like, when... Yeah, yeah. Well, no, when she moves out the first time, he starts picking at the thing and trying to get the oh, little yeah, note yeah. out. Oh, yeah, whole time, every time, every time he has a spare moment not walking around and looking at he's, uh, just, he's scratching at the uh, painted-over little crack she left his, uh, left the note. Mm-hmm. He's doing this over and over and over again. He does this throughout the whole time until the house gets built. Um, but when he gets around to the second time, he succeeds scratching over the crack and finds the note. And after he reads the note, uh, he disappears like that other ghost. He died. Mm-hmm. Moved on, I guess. Yeah, and then movie's over. And... I gotta say, that's, yeah, that's my favorite ending of the year, I'll say it. Uh, of... It's a good ending, I just, I, I want to know what the note said. I know, and that's the point. I know, that's the point. <laughs> David Lowry you can say whatever you, you can say whatever you needed to say, basically, is what I got it. I, I, in my heart of hearts, I think it said, uh, dank memes melt steel beams, but. Basically, which did 9-11. <laughs> That'd be funny. But no, that's Rob- just like. It's like Lost in Translation, that old, uh, not old, but the Sofia Coppola movie where they have Bill Murray and Scarlett Johansson have a conversation. He whispers into your ear, and you just you're at a distance, so you don't know what she's, you don't know what he said, and it's just, it's just one of those endings that I just, I don't know. Maybe one day, if people cared enough, they would, uh, an interviewer would get it out of him that he, it's like, okay, so what's in the note? You know, it's like like in Castaway, how they have the the package that he never opens, where you never find uh-huh. out what's in it. It's like one of those things. I love that, and I, um, I, yeah, it just it it's the mystery of it, and was the question is was was getting the note out his last it, what need like like the ghost next door who realized that the person wasn't coming was reading the note the thing he needed to do to move on, or was it was that closure for him? I think something in the note let him realize, like, she's not going to forget him. Mm-hmm. 
I think that's what he was worried about, and that's why he wouldn't leave. Hmm. I don't know why he got that impression, but it's something that made me think. Like, yeah, I think I think it had something to do with emotional closure. Um, but again, something another... like I'll always love you or something like that. Like, yeah. Yeah. I don't know, and that's exactly what this fucking David Lowry guy wants us to be talking about. Exactly. But hey, movies like this don't come around often, so. No, oh, this is the most unique movie I've seen, probably ever. Mm. It's up there for me. Yeah. I Definitely mean... this year. Oh yeah, e- easily. Emotionally, it's on par with her, which is one of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah. Yeah. Was Rooney Mara in that too? I think she is. Oh, that was. Is she? Yet yeah, no. Fuck, I, I think, think she, she was. Been. Well, it was who was his girlfriend that he broke up with? Or broke up with him? I think it might be Rooney Mara. Yep, Rooney Mara. <laughs> I knew it. No. I Maybe knew I should it. just start watching Rooney Mara movies all the time. Yeah, yeah. She's the. She's gonna be the indie darling for, for a little while, and you know I think she earned it. Um. So yeah, despite me not just flat out not liking the first third of the movie I kind of love this as a whole I think this is a movie that the whole is much greater than the sum of its parts because like if I'm just looking at this movie as you know act one act two act three and how they come together it'd be like a seven but just as an entire experience I gotta give it like a nine it's it's that it's that da- god darn good and gosh darn god, know. god darn yeah gosh darn <laughs> whatever um, and I loved it, and I just, I, this isn't a movie for everybody, but I think it's a movie that a lot of people would take, would get a lot out of, and it's very philosophically deep, but it's also, it doesn't really leave a light at the end of the tunnel, and I think that's going to be an issue for some people, but I think that's the point of an indie, indie movies are the movies that not every ending has to be a happy ending, whereas uh-huh. in big studio pictures and all that, you're going to get a happy ending 99 times out of 100. But in indies, it can be a little bit more real, and it can be a little bit more uh, just genuine, I guess. Um, you don't think that me. this was a happy ending? No, not really. Really? No. Because, I mean, he's I, still... I can see he's, how it wasn't. He still oh. lived... Like, who knows? Maybe, maybe what... It, um, Maybe what the the note said something that was, you know, stupid. Like, maybe it was just the date that she moved out or something like that. Don't fuck yourself. Yeah, <laughs> or, so, or something. Yeah, or something negative. Or I don't know. But that's a good point. I didn't think about that. You're right. It could have been something innocuous, and he like like I said, that's part. Half of me thinks that the note said something that provided emotional closure, and the other half said that that's what. That the the note and finding out what was on it w- was what's keeping in there, like the other ghost. And now that he doesn't have it, he just has no other purpose. So I'm I'm juggling between those two. Uh, I think I can make an probably make an argument for both. Um, but I don't know. It's I I could I guess you could consider this a happy ending that he finally got to go home, but to wherever that may be. And I'm glad the movie didn't do that, like him as an angel or whatever. I, yeah, show I, us that I never that. doubted that it would, or that, never doubted that it wouldn't. I'm just, but I do give him points for not, because it's a temptation you have to uh, say no to, I guess. But, um, yeah, you, you think, you still think it's a happy ending or what? I I guess it's up to you. I mean, it's, it's the end of Inception. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You bring it up to yourself. I mean, I can see your point of view but i I, i'd like to think it's just for the sake of my own not being depressed about life (laughs) i wanted to uh be a happy ending yeah yeah yeah, i got you (laughs) well well, what grade you give it i think give it an eight okay all right like to see that a little bit higher but that's okay are those two yeah no no are those two points knocked off for the pie scene or what um one was for the pie scene (laughs) and You think for, I'm joking. For some background, like, after he dies, their realtor comes by, because she's, like, one of the only characters in the movie, and she's a friend, I guess. She brings over this pie, and Rooney Mara gets a slice, and then she just sits on the floor for, like, literally five minutes, and just eats the pie, and then goes eats and throws the whole up. pie, and then goes throw up. It was that, and, like I said earlier, the uh, the lingering shots kind of bothered me. Yeah, yeah, I got you. Um, yeah, I still, I had to take points off for that first 
third because it just was. I understand why it was that way, but it kind of left me bored. Um, just like, okay, can we get on with it? But like I said, the second, the last two thirds were just so fantastic that I don't really care that much. Um, this is one of my favorite movies of the year, uh, and. I don't I don't know how if I'm ever going to see it again, but I can definitely vouch that this is a wholly unique and once in an every great while I'll get a movie going experience. Yeah, like I don't this. know what type of mood I have to be in to watch this movie. Yeah. But I think I'm probably going to buy it when it comes. I out. think if it's if it's any mood that's like not good, you should probably it would be better off you'd be better off doing something else. Yeah, watching a happy movie. Yeah. Because uh, <laughs> I don't see me like, man, I'm having a great day. I'm just gonna watch a ghost story myself tonight. Down. Yeah, let's plop down. Not watch a sitcom or you know one of my guilty pleasures. I'm just gonna rewatch a ghost story just to feel, just because I'm just feeling risky, you know. But then it's like, oh man, this is the worst day of my entire life. I guess I'm gonna sit down and watch the ghost story. It's like, no, that doesn't work either. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Did you like the four by three shots? I um, I didn't mind it. Yeah. It made it seem I gotta like give it... this movie this movie points for cinematography though. This is a beautifully shot movie. Yeah, yeah, and uh, it it felt like a home movie. I guess so that's kind that's of sort yeah. Of feeling... I think, but that was the point with the um, mm-hmm. it kind of made it look like a, a super eight film or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, another tiny thing that I liked was that the the sheet um, it kind of got wear and tear as the movie went on. It didn't stay pure white all the, the whole time. Uh huh. It's pretty. Like it by the end of it, it was kind of musty and grimy and whatever. It was pretty cool. Pretty cool. All right. Well, uh, let's get Josh back in here and uh, wrap it up. Let's do uh, watching, reading, and uh, listening to. Uh, Josh, why don't you start us off? Okay. Well, I've watched a bunch of movies oh in the last few days. But I wanted to talk about one in particular that involves the water. Okay. People swimming in the water. Wait, People getting there... trapped under the water. Hold on. We might need to send out a trigger warning. Is there sand nearby? Because I just, I I don't know. I have a weird thing with sand. I just hate it. It gets everywhere. It's irritating. But just just don't talk about sand, okay? Please. This movie has sharks. Oh, boy. Sort of. <laughs> it's called 47 Meters Down. And it's the worst movie I've seen all year. And I it's it's really bad. It's really, really really fucking terrible. And I hated it. Why did you hate it? Why did it draw so because much? Because it's so boring. Nothing happens for the first hour. Mm-hmm. The shark barely shows up. Sounds like Jaws. I'm gonna spoil the whole I'm gonna spoil the whole movie, by the way. I don't care. Are you sure you didn't um, see Jaws by accident? No, that's a great movie. Uh, the shark barely shows up. He's in the movie for it's in the movie for like maybe a minute, uh, and when it shows up, you can barely see anything because the editing is so bad. And then the cool stuff happens at the very end, and then it's all a dream. Sweet. Is it? Let me and, ask you this: Is was that more or less offensive than Twilight Breaking Dawn Part Two's? It was all a dream. Oh my god! Just. Why did you have to remind me that that happened? I'm just wondering. I'm curious. I want to. I want to know what you think. <laughs> you know what? I would rather watch Twilight Breaking Dawn two again. Yeah, because that's at least stupid. I agree. At least the fight scene was entertaining. This just bored me, and then it angered me, and then it made me feel like throwing myself through a window. So do you feel like no, not enough people are talking about how bad it is and it's getting a pass? I guess. I don't know. That's how I feel about Book of Henry. So welcome to my world, Josh. Now you know how I feel. It's like, oh, okay, well, this is terrible and nobody else is saying it, but that's fine. Whatever. Everyone's saying how terrible Book of Henry is. Oh, not enough, though. This should be like a, a Suicide Squad level of, oh, my God, this is horrible. It should be. But it's not. It's not. All right, Cody, watching, reading, listening to. Am I watching, reading, or listening to right now? Let's see. What did I do last week? I don't even remember. Um, playing Dark Souls. Still. Don't you hate it, though? Dark Souls 1. Oh, okay, I got you. I got you. And the 
it's hard. You got a you got a song stuck in your head? Did you see a poem that really changed your perception of the world? See a poem. See a poem. Um, oh yeah, whoops. <laughs> I've been I don't know if I did I talk to you guys about my Bob books? I think so. Did I? Is that the 300 page battle scene? No, that's um amazing. First that's of all. I, honestly that that 300 page battle scene is going to be one of those things I just never forget. Like I'll be sitting on my deathbed and be like, "How do they do a 300 page battle scene?" Huh. Ask Brandon Sanderson. Um, no, the Baba verse is book. It's a series of books about this guy whose consciousness gets put into a probe. Like a satellite that gets shot out into space, and hijinks ensue. Hmm. And the next one's coming out pretty soon. I'm super excited. That's it. I'm reading those. Okay, cool. Yeah. Audible or actual reading? Yeah, reading? Audible. I'm nice. To them. nice, nice, nice. Um, I think I I need to take a minute, and I don't I don't know why I'm doing this because. He does. You don't deserve it, but I'm gonna do this anyways. I'm gonna apologize to you, Josh. Oh yay! I'm gonna. I, I'm very sorry because I rewatched Arrival the other day, and I'm sorry for not having that in my top five of last year. I'm stupid. I I'm just stupid. That's what it comes down to. I couldn't hold a job in the Trump administration if I, even if I tried. That's how stupid I am. Actually, and. I'd be probably more successful that way. <laughs> oh my god! Um, which no, that makes that ties into it because the last time, I don't know, I, I might have mentioned this on the podcast before, or maybe privately to you guys, but um, that time last year, so like Tuesday, I worked and did like and like covered the election and did all that stuff, and I kind of had to live through that for a few hours, and it was horrible. And then. That same week, maybe Thursday or Friday, my cat got, like, not violently ill, but really, really sick. And it was an issue that my other cat had had beforehand. So, I know my... It sounded like my voice just cracked, but I promise I'm not crying. I think my mouth's just dry. Uh, <laughs> and, like, so I had to take him to the hospital. And we, like... He, like, got a surgery, and we brought him home. And then he had this, like, weird episode where he was, like, shaking. And it was just this... It was a very stressful... Probably the worst week of my life. And... So in between in between Trump and my cat getting sick, I saw actually no, it was the night my cat got sick. When I got home is when I found out he was sick. Is when I saw Arrival. So I was just like low key depressed that week, and I just couldn't function and process how good of a movie it was. But now that I've seen it again, it's a great movie. It is fucking awesome. That movie is just the coolest, the best, and I love it. One of the best sci-fi movies ever. One of I still don't know if it's my favorite Denis Villeneuve film because Prisoners is just so dark and like mysterious and creepy and just it, it just stimulates like my brain and stuff and I just love it. But Arrival's a goddamn close second and I'm sorry, Josh. I'm sorry it wasn't higher because I know you loved it and I said I didn't think about it as much and that's because I just didn't want to revisit that bad time in my life. But now, now I can revisit a better time. And I love this movie, so thank you. And is Denis Villeneuve not one of the best ever? I never said he wasn't. I'm gonna go with the assumption that you did. I never said and he you wasn't. Were wrong. Well, you're like he's one of the best directors working today. I was like, mm, I don't know, Spielberg and Scorsese are alive, so that's weird. And you're like, oh, I mean, of like, you know, the current age of people. So like that, I agree with. Because like De- Denis Villeneuve and Damien Chazelle are like the two directors I think of the next ten years. Mm-hmm. Like this, this is their mm. game. Like, mm, no we'll see about we'll, we'll see about Damien Chazelle. What, what do you mean we'll see? He's got two ex- critically acclaimed movies, and he's written scripts. Yeah, for two one of them, one one of them maybe isn't deserving. It, it so, won an yeah, Oscar yeah. for like a half a second, Josh. You can't deny them that. It won a lot. Of <laughs> Actually, it won like eight and a half Oscars. What do you hate, La La Land? It's fine. I know, but it's good. It's awesome. It's I musical. guess. You're such a I hater. don't remember any of the music. You like you like Whiplash, though. Yeah, because that's one of the greatest movies ever made. That's going to be it for us for today. Um, next week, soon, will be, I think, Detroit? Maybe? I don't know. We'll see. And we have some fun top fives and top tens, actually even a top 15. Oh, boy. And then I guess now a Blade Runner throwback or 
discussion coming down the pipe. So, a lot to look forward to. And until next week, Josh, Cody, take it easy. Bye-bye. Later. Later.